Hello and welcome to our second podcast uh, with Meg this time. We've got, you don't like being called your full name, Meg, Megan Judge. Uh, yeah, it's the Ali Brown Coaching Podcast where on every episode I have a different coached athlete with me and we talk about some juicy stuff. Juicy. Pretty much. Um, about you, Meg. Or Mega Leg. <laughs> Mega Leg. Or like Pokemon name or something. At the track, everyone's like, who the fuck is Mega Leg? Like, it's the angry bitch running around with a face on because that's what we're, we'll come to that later. Yes. Because uh, that's, a, that's a big thing we're working on. But well, I guess where we'll start is my first memory of, of meeting you was walking into, well, seeing you behind the desk at the leisure centre. In Worcester, and uh, and then uh, we were talking about running, and you were telling me that obviously, yeah, you run, but you you hadn't had the best kind of experience with coaching, and things hadn't really gone that well in in the last past few years, and you were kind of like, whatever, I'm just running for a bit, but I'm a bit, you know, down in the dumps or whatever. That was my kind of first impression. Was that kind of right, or like talk us? through that bit so like what kind of state of mind were you in then like just as we first like met each other yeah when I well when you start coming to where I work um I just finished off with a coach before I'm not gonna say any coaching names you you, you know what you can say whatever you want you can say because I don't mind you can be as honest as you want you can not say stuff it's up to you yeah so basically I was had this one coach experience well, I had two coach experiences before and I'm basically the first time round they run me into the ground and I got injured constantly and when I left that one and um in the second one um I went I just went along I got by a friend well ex-friend was telling me oh you need to try this person so I went to that person so when I tried to be more open in this second coach, in the guy who I was working with at the time, he was basically, wasn't a very nice person, basically. And when I was basically like, I, at the time, obviously, I was dealing with a lot of health conditions as well. So I tried to explain in which, because I obviously suffered yeah. from from endometriosis and stuff like that and i tried we'll we'll talk about that a bit later on as well so that was a big indicator and i suffer from it which we'll talk about but when i explain it to hit to those to him he wasn't very understanding and and he again same again run me into the ground again got injured i wasn't getting the goals i wanted um and that was it really and then after i had a couple of months um great brace grace from it all and I was like and at the time I was just got this general this general plan off the internet and just following that thinking that'll be it now I don't want to deal with any coaches because mm. I just feel like they're basically they're all the same I thought you know what they're all the same they just run you into the ground or into you and and Instagram was all that trying to push you to get a coach I was like no I do not want a coach anymore I'm just going to do my own thing and I was just plateauing really badly and I just thought this is it no I'm not going to get any better. So, it's, yeah. it's really funny because I had a, a call with someone this week, um, someone via Instagram, 
and uh, we we got chatting, and then uh, she had a very similar experience. At the minute, she's just following a plan, like a generic plan, because she had a couple coaches before who have also exactly said run them into the ground. Um, she said uh, one of them, she actually broke one of her bones because of the amount of training that she was doing and then had to have like a year of recovery and stuff because of that. And I was like, yeah, that's a shame. I think that's why we got chatting because she mentioned it in a message. I was like quite interested to hear more about about that experience because that's quite bad and anything that i can like i just want to learn about it i mean like the the way we train we avoid injury quite well which which because we don't strive to hit certain paces or numbers or uh or volume of running per week it's all about kind of how are we feeling today if we're feeling good and we got some mad, we we fucking smash it. Like the the Monaghetti session, which I hate, like because it's lots of short bursts of faster running, not full, not not full pelt, but like ninety percent, eighty or ninety percent effort, whatever you kind of whatever comes naturally. But you can you can judge day by day on what's my fast effort today, depending on how you're feeling, rather than. You have to meet X min mins per mile and 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 push it. So like, so what what about the training? Do you think ran you into the ground? I think it was the volume of it. Like, the one coach was telling me to run. I probably about six days a week or maybe seven, and it was very long days. There was not much recovery, not much easy. Um, even though I find the easy stuff, I I hated it originally because I felt I was being slow. But at the time, looking back, going actually, I needed that. But at the time, mm. it was I had to run. I think all the time at certain paces, and they were quite quick paces. And at the time, it wasn't doing me or my body any good, or my health really. So, so there was no respite. So, so do, do you know like where they were getting? So, so how were they designing that that program around you then? So, like, where where did the seven, six, seven days a week come from? And do you know anything about how they came to that kind of a, a decision to give you that much training? Do you have any input on that or? Well, it wasn't personal. It, they all the plans I now realised later when I left the coaching who mm. I was with. It wasn't personal. I had the same program as many other people. Basically. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I've seen coaching. Yeah. Because I've seen coaches on Instagram at the minute, or online in general, who have who might have like fifty or sixty clients, but and 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 they, and they don't pay very much. It's like twenty or thirty or forty pound or, which is nothing. You like, you you can't sustain a business model actually coaching people properly charging that much. You're not going to be in business very long, um, but the but but the, what they do is have a generic plan, like one plan, and they kind of give that to a, if not all of them, but a, a, num, a good chunk of people, and just go go and follow that. But as you say, it's not taken into account who you are, because everyone's so different. It doesn't work, does it? In my opinion. No, like when I said to the, when I talked to this guy who was going to um, my coach at the time, 
I basically said at the time it was marathons at the time I was training for. I said, look, I want to break a 50-15. And, and he obviously must have just, for me, he just got, probably randomly got this one program off the internet, gave it me thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. But not think realising the things, even though I was open about my conditions, he obviously didn't look and done his research. And yeah. he just went, here you go. And then didn't understand why I was, wasn't hitting paces or I was tired or I was really poorly at one stage as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Not not ideal. No, and that's what put me off coaching for life. Then. So, so I mean, I kind of, I don't want to even think about that kind of coaching. <laughs> like you know, you know, that's not me. Like I have yeah. a small, a small number of people who I coach, um, and I probably talk to most of your talks every day. It's, some of you, some of you, don't because it's just not, not for them. Like they're just they're quite happy. That they'll feedback on final surge or whatever, but but they don't want to talk to me every day. It's too much for because everyone's so different. Aren't they? people just like no? I cannot. I don't even talk to anyone every day. Like I would just message you when, like oh once a week or something. But um, but yeah, it's really important to get to like know the person. But I wouldn't feel comfortable writing writing out a um like a week's training for somebody if I didn't know anything about them or if i didn't like speak to them first and go so just tell me a bit tell me a bit about you like what do you want what are you trying to do and just get the vibes in you know so so you said but but they did like know about your health kind of so if you need to tell them a bit but yeah not not ideal he just got me to do a questionnaire he didn't even ring like i thought because obviously the guy was based in london i thought it was a small company. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have a phone call and that. And he goes, oh, I don't yeah. do that. Do fill out this questionnaire. So I filled out the questionnaire. Okay. And that was it then. And I was only, literally, I was only with him for some so. Yeah, no, but it's not working. It wasn't working. So I walk into the ledger center. I'm like, oh, there's a person over there. Her name's Meg. Um, <laughs> we chatted for a, a bit. And then, um, like, my kind of thing is I, I rarely ask to coach people. Because then I think it's backwards. It's a backwards way to how I like to do it. I'd rather try and do my job as best as I can and then let and do it in a way that other people can see what I'm doing and see what the other athletes are doing and, and how they're getting on. And then, and then for, for other people to, to kind of view that and go, oh, yeah, I like that. I've, might, and I kind of, kind of like what they're doing there. They might come to one of the group coach sessions, see how I coach, and then, then they approach me. So rather than me going, "Can I coach you?" It's normally someone coming up saying, "Can you coach me?" So, so then, the they're already sold by that point. Rather than if I go up to someone, I've then got to sell it to them. Like I shouldn't have to do that. Like I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I'd rather you just, I'd rather people be able to just see what I do, then work out for themselves. Is it for me? Is it not for me? And then approach me if it is. Does that make sense? So, so, so how did, so from you, the first time you met me to then, then you asking me about coaching. So what made that decision? What, what was that decision process like? 
I think we just generally got talking, didn't we, really? When you coming in and start using the treadmills and stuff. And I, I'm i just nosy like, person. Who is this fucking giant? Who is this person coming in? <laughs> oh, he's lanky. And then, um, hey, I'm not lanky. I'm oh, swimming. I've got shoulders now. I've been swimming a lot. Your head almost touched, like, the roof of the gym. Yeah. But no, and, <laughs> but no I remember, like, got talking and I saw you, I mean, I saw you running. And I think we just got, generally just got talking about running really and then you were like oh, i do a bit of swimming as well and all that and then and you're like oh, i do coaching as well i was like yeah and you were like I was, and i then i opened up quite straight away i was like oh no coaching never really worked for me i said i've we you never really pushed it which was i felt was nice i think we just got generally just got talking and then mm. you were talk then saying about trying to say about the coaching and i was like oh and it's not going to work for me i've tried before and and i think after a while i think after a bit talking more and more, I was like, I think it kind of just dropped a little bit going, perhaps I can give it another go. And I think I got to know you more. And then, then you were honest. That's what I liked. I needed someone to be honest. I'm an idiot. That as well. And I, <laughs> I just needed that honesty as well. And, um, and I think after a while, I think it was after a month, and then I was saying, oh, I think I am serious about this. And I think it was the Worcester 10K in 2019 and i got talking to joe oh um, yeah yeah and then, then you were like oh you need to talk to joe about it and stuff and then i got talking to joe a little bit and then i was at then when i did did okay at the 10k and you said to me you've got much more in you you know you you can do it you i reckon you can smash it and i think then was that was it then i think we made i made that decision oh yeah okay oh well, let's do it and then uh, it's like I've got, I've got a weird um, crystal ball where I yeah. can see into people's souls and see their potential. I don't know. It's weird sometimes. It's like talking about that that kind of thing. Is like, can you actually see someone's potential, or is it just someone's brain just making it up and believing that someone's potential? It's it's so weird because I kind of look at someone. I'm like, yeah, they, they've got they've got potential. I see them train and I talk to it. I think it's a it's a feeling which you can't really explain but it's also more tangible things that go into that like their mindset how they think um watching them move even just watching their movements and how maybe competent they are especially in the swimming and stuff all of it just comes into it's probably unexplainable like yes that person's got potential but no what did i say to you the week i said meg your pbs are shit <laughs> and it was in a session everyone could hear it <laughs> yeah you literally just said in front of like megs your P- your pb is absolutely shit you know i said like, what do you mean he goes you can go fast i'm like don't be stupid and yeah i think i've proven myself wrong a fair few times this year well, <laughs> going oh okay i think i i believe him now that i actually can do this but that's been the biggest thing so th- yeah. this is what i say this quite a lot it's like coaching somebody isn't just writing a training plan or writing a session out it's it's the whole holistic bigger picture it takes you've got to take into account everything who they are as a person how their mind works what stage of development they're at mentally emotionally um what their family's life is like what their work life every, literally are they sleeping enough what they're eating everything do, do they do they have a poo every morning or do they, or, or do they like, you know, all those health things, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it took us a few years. I can't, I can't remember how long that, how long ago that was when we started. 
two, three years. Well, we started in 2000, October 2019. There we go. There you go. Let's do some maths. <laughs> so that's 2023, over three years. I know. <laughs> and it's take, so it's probably taken us the best part of three years to do the behind the scenes work mentally to get you to a point where one you believe in yourself that you can go you can do better and go faster in a race and 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 two to get into that mindset where you turn up to a race and you fucking give it one because i remember initially I mean, I was, I, it was never frustrating on my part because I just see what is and accept it and then go, right, how can we improve this? Because everyone's so different and you have to have that kind of mindset as a coach. Just say, right, this is what we've got. This is the progress we can make. Let's do it. And, and, and we, we, we never look at, we, we never think, oh, like, oh, that's really bad or that's a bit rubbish. And some of, some of the people even say, oh, no, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit crap, whatever. No, don't even think that. You're not. You're just you. You're you. Um, um, this is what you want to do and let's make steps to get there. It's as simple as that. There's no negative involved in that. And so it was a case of like get me getting in, in that and pointing at Meg's head and, 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 and trying, to, trying to kind of like help you. It felt like I was trying to help you develop and push you in the right way to be able to then be into a point where you were well, you can attack races and actually do a lot better than your P- than like you've done before, because I could see that like it was clear as day to me, and it was nice that this year it was like we've started to see the PBs topple down a bit, because and then the ra- even the race pictures you've been like looking like an angry motherfucker, <laughs> which I'm like yes that's what we want that's what we've been working on, and no one no one sees that do they yeah. no one sees that. Everyone, everyone just sees the numbers. That's why I don't like using numbers and going on Strava. I hate the com- comparison side of it. I'm not on there. I encourage everyone to get off it, your coach, because it, it just impedes the progress I'm trying to make with them. But, um, but it's, been, it's, in, it's been impressive to see it, that breakthrough this year but from, from my point of view, because the hard work, that three years of, our work is like yes it's, we're starting to see the return of that does it feel like that for you or and, and how was that process uh, for you f- throughout the three years mentally i think because we i had um obviously 2020 was just a write-off anyway yeah because obviously with covid but we did a lot of work for 2020 and it was like you said it wasn't just oh i want to get peewees there and then and you were like no you're you have a lot of work to go through and we worked a lot on my running technique i think that was a massive help as well um i could run but my technique was awful or wasn't very effective and didn't realize at the time so we worked focused a lot on that and we were focusing on trying to with the track stuff of working on my form and up my legs more and stuff because i had the long distance shuffle I was yeah. so used to being just shuffling along and stuff like that. So I couldn't even hit paces and stuff like that. I think, and as well for me, mentally, um, I have obviously suffered from a lot of mental health. I've always been open about that. And I've developed a lot of anxiety, especially over races, because over the years I kept getting injured or getting ill and had old coaches going, you know what, you're not going to do well anyway. That's ridiculous. They were saying yeah, that. Yeah, they, I've had it all. 
every time. Meg, you're not going to do well, no, so, you know, yeah. you might as well just give up. And then one of the ones, I remember going up to one of the races, because that was the final thing on the head. I was like, you know what, I've had enough now. I think it was one of my marathons in 2019. You told me, is that, do I remember correctly, in that, um, that you had approached a coach, your coach at the time, and you said, look, when I, when I go up to a race, I'm, I get really anxious, and I, I, know, I don't know what to do, it's affecting my performance mm. and, and and the response from the coach was well i don't get that literally well, goes, is that, I, I remember I right yeah. that's my, so, it, so how did that make you feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that I, don't... I literally went up to him going i really suffer can we look up working on my racing science i i get really anxious and when i get anxious it sets me i sorry to be tmi it sets me ibs off i get i get really and I get I actually burst out crying before races as well before and he goes I don't get that we want about just man up basically man up and I was like so many things wrong with that (laughs) (laughs) and literally I think it was Manchester 2019 I actually dropped out because I got that stressed and anxiety before the race I ended up being sick during the race so I dropped out at mile nine going I can't do this and then and that was the final draw for me. I think, you know what? I then messaged the guy going, look, I've had enough. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Did he, did, did he take it well? Well, he didn't even mess back. Oh, okay. That's nice. <laughs> he goes, didn't even, even say, oh, okay. He left, he just, you, he left you on red. Yeah, on red, and that was it. And then I cancelled every, everything. I was like, you know what? I can't be dealing with it. Mm. Because I realised he was toxic. It's like, you know, what, no. So compare that to the last so the last race you've just done, well, pretty much the last race, the half marathon where you got a PB. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel going into that one? And I talk felt, us through that. I felt strong. So I do go to you, it's like, oh my God, I get really fluttery. And you just like, literally, you do give me a bit of tough love, which I need. But sometimes I do need a bit of a kick up the ass. With my big feet. With your big feet. Because I do get really fluttering. Sometimes tough love does work with me. And I think, like, you were really good and I felt mentally strong. I was nervous because I normally... Nerves are natural. I think you do. Yeah. But my anxiety is a lot better with over races as well. Like, even, like, local races, I used to get really anxiety. But I'm getting a lot better because I realise I'm going to do my best and I know I've done the work. So... So... so how have you been able to change that, do you think? What's the main thing where you've been able to get a hold of that anxiety and now you can control it and now you can perform in a race? I think I just... Um, it's really hard to... Because I don't know how why suddenly it's not as bad. I reckon it's because I channel it inside. I'm like, I can show him I'm going to do it. I can do this. And mm. it was has been difficult, especially beginning of the year when I was starting to do more races and I was a bit like, gone really like that. And then I realised... There's nothing to be not scared about anymore. It's just like, if I don't do well, I don't do well at the end of the day. I think it was more pressure by others. I think my anxiety was sky high. Um, but now I'm like, I've learning. I do not give a shit. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> which is good. Which is what I've tried to kind of get across. Yeah. I'm like, I turn up, I'm like, if I do well, I do well. If I don't, I don't. I mm. really don't care anymore. You know, at the end of the day, there's plenty more times out there I can go yeah but we're not racing as much anymore so yeah we 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 kind of so i think well with you 
you were in a rut of pretty much racing most weekends mm. and 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 and, the, um, and racing to you was just going out for a training run or just mm. running you get the medal you're in you're at a new place and whatever so your your perception of a race was not what your perception needed to be of a race where it's this thing where you turn up to and you fucking tear it to bits and you go mental and you go it's the only time you go 100 percent of, of effort so to get you, it was kind of like we needed a massive cattle prod to get you out of that old routine and thinking, get rid of everything, and then slowly, block by block, step by step, build the new layers of thinking of how to approach those races. So do less of them, uh, build the confidence, be able to control that, uh, not comparing anything with anyone because that was a big thing depending depending on who was at a race would depend on how more anxious or not you were um so it took like a complete imagine you've got like a, a computer with a, a you know you want to give it a refresh you wipe the hard drive and you start again and you design it up from scratch that's kind of like that's what i mean by like the hol- the, the the holistic kind of uh method or whatever where you kind of you can't just you you got someone there. You can maybe change a few things with people, but sometimes you've got to like scrap everything and start again, and be like, let's build something strong. Like let's go and tear some shit up. Does that kind? Of, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meg never speaks like this. She's like, shut up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And what other PBs have you got? You did you, you got your five k? Was it the ten k? I've done almost close on the five k. Um, I did my second fastest time this year. Yeah, I've that was the first time in eleven years I finally done it. Um, ten k at Worcester ten k. That's eleven years in waiting as well. Yeah. Um, now I've done um a five mile one which i've never done a five mile one race before but i realized oh i did all right and then half marathon i think last time i broke done a pb for half marathon was 2018 and then yeah. now we're like yeah and, and and i remember when you were like oh i'll never be that fast again oh, no, because I... of this that and that and there were so many things we have to kind of we had to unpick mentally to prove to yourself that yes meg you fucking can <laughs> I think I got myself in such a run as well. Like I thought, that's it now. I've been told by not just coaches, by some in the running community as well. I was like, you're never going to be as good as you was before because I'm getting older and I'm 33. And you're like, that's "Mm." that's not very supportive for people (laughs) to say. But but I don't not around those people anymore. And so I think. It was been nice. Like, yeah, it's nice getting a PB, but I realised, oh, actually, I, I'm starting to really enjoy it again. Mm. So, yeah. It's what I kind of um, try and talk about it a lot and instill in everyone is that we're not necessarily racing against the other people in, who enter the race. You're kind of just racing against yourself. And so many people, even because um, I've got the under-18s triathlon team now as well, uh, obviously they're going to, you know, competing with each other because they're kids they're more like raw than adults are but 
it's more building in someone that as long as you do the best you can on the day, you don't give a fuck what anyone else has done. Because you, if you've done the best you can, you've won. Mm. You are a winner. Even if you finish last in the race. If you've done your best, you're a winner. I don't care what else happens. If, for example, if I train someone who won that race, who, as in came first, but only put in 50% effort, couldn't give a fuck. I, w- I would not care. And sometimes that can be that tough love kind of thing because I've known someone, I'm going back now, well, I didn't coach them, I just knew them, and they were a really good runner. We spent a lot of time together. They would go and win a race. I'd be like, yeah, well, why are you surprised? Of course you're going to win that race because like, your talent is there, but you weren't trying 100%. So what have you got out of it? You might as well not have gone. You might as well just done a training run. You know, is, is that me being weird? No, like, I find a lot of people just like, oh, like, I did it. I've done it. You've been in the past. Like, I've just rocked up and just gone, oh, just did this race today because, um, well, I needed to do, like, a half marathon, for instance. And I've got this half marathons there. I might as well just do it. Just dot around it. And you're like, you might as well put, no, not put what effort in, but it's sometimes it's a bit, that's when people, I went, I think that's why I ran in such a run with races, going, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just use it as a training run. That's, yeah, I don't know, really. Whereas it, it, in a race, like we want to get into that kind of do or die mindset. We want to feel the pain. We're going to fucking go for it because that's what performance is. Mm. A lot of people don't understand what performance is. Um, so some of my under 18s, they're like TriStar 2, TriStar 3 level. One of them's going into juniors. Well, I think most people are going to junior level this year. And it's like to train for performance is a lot different than just training for like, I just want to do it for my health or whatever. And a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people think you're being really harsh or, oh, you shouldn't be like that with them or you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. But sometimes you have to get your point across to them. Like if you want to perform, you, this is how you've got to do it. And it can be a bit, for the, for, for the average person, it, that, because that, it can, maybe it can sound quite harsh from the average person's point of view. But it's like with you, I remember at certain points with you, I was getting pretty, pretty not, not harsh, but quite direct. Because if you were going off on a tangent, say, or having a strop in a session, like, <laughs> I'd be like, mate, shut the fuck up and come over here now. Like, you know, <laughs> but, but that was needed because you like to get you back on the track. Oh, God. And 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 uh, although you know it might seem negative from a, a a man walking his dog past the bloody track, but he's only seen that one little moment, isn't he? He's not seen the bigger picture. <laughs> Ryan actually got a photo of us. I think you were proper give putting me in my spot, and um, <laughs> and it was me, my man, on my hips. I was having a right old strop, and then um, and you were just like, and I think I. You, and then Ryan goes, it takes a lot of a person to get you back in a spot and actually get you going. Because I normally would just get up. I'm like, right, fuck this, I'm going. And I have done it in a session and you've just got me back out there and you've just, you've out there. And I was like, stropped. And then you're like, you feel better now? I'm like, yeah. You're like, right now, mate. You're right now, now. But no, yeah, I, as we all know, I'm a big old drama queen and I do strop. But 
yeah, and I realised at the end of the sessions when you do it, yeah, you might be harsh, bitter, fluff. Yeah, there was a few times where I have cried, but I know I need it. It's like... Because it snaps me out of it. I think the difference is as well, I'm not doing it personally, as in I'm not getting, I'm not acting or doing those things based on something emotional that's happening inside me. I'm making those decisions and being harsh based on what I think will get through to you. So it's a very considered thing. Like I, I, so, it's, so it's not, I'm not losing my rag and being all moody at you. I'm purposefully doing saying that things and purposely saying them in that way to get through to you. So if anything, it's more of a, I'd say it's more of a skill than me just going, oh, for fuck's sake, like, because that isn't coaching. That's just being no. an absolute melon. That's losing your rag and you've lost control. But that, I think that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. If someone's doing it to you, and but but you can see they're in control and they're not just flipping off, you kind of like you can kind of sense that sometimes and be like, okay, there's there must be a reason. They're not just having a go at me for no reason. Does that make sense? Mm. Or am I just blabbering on? No, it does make sense because there is times when you know I've been having a really bad few times, and I've said that. Yeah, and I, just, you, I just leave you to you it. You kind of just leave me be. <laughs> Oh, I go really quiet and you kind of go, you carry on running and then you go to me. You okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know when I will talk when I'm ready. But there is there is times where you like, actually, no, she needs to snap out of it. And it is just the fact that I was just being a dick that day. Yeah, I guess it's knowing when, um, are you going to explode because it's all building up, which I can normally mm. sense, or are you just being a dick and can I just yeah. tear into you and you're all right? Um, that, that's kind of... They're the soft skills. This mm. is the kind of stuff that they, what we are talking about earlier, where like a coach is just giving a generic plan out and just going, do that. I'm going to give that to 10 people, whatever. Do, do, do they do this? Do they have any clue how to do that? Do they do it with people? Do they understand that that's part of the coaching process? It's like, there's a whole different world to it. Yeah. Which, um, which I'm trying to learn. And I, trying to learn what well, all the time so i learn from my coach pick things up from there and the, the community the try to so community the community thing i try to keep up to date with stuff and just going on um but there's so much more to it than just go and do that because maybe i'm being cynical i don't think i am but i tend to see quite a few pop up on instagram oh we're coaching now and they're like in uni or something and they just kind of would, would write your training for you. And then they would claim that they can, they can do a better job with you than your current coach or whatever, not knowing anything about you or your coach. Oh, we can, someone approached you for that, didn't they, once? Oh, God, I've and had a like, fair few. Oh, we'll coach you. You're not doing, very, you're not doing that right. We'll, no. we'll do that. It's like, that's quite naive, I think. Yeah, I've had a few people, that, um, people like coaching come up to me going, message me on Instagram going, oh, are you being coached? Even though it was blatantly obvious I'm being coached at the time, like with you. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I reckon my way will do you better. Why? And I, that's one word. I was like, why? Based on what? Because <laughs> they want your money. That it's, is it. <laughs> and, um, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, yeah. And I kind of just tell them to just bugger off now these days. Um, I was like, I'm quite happy. 
and I've had it as well. Like I've been at a race, and they're like, "Oh, you should be doing this, or we should be doing that." And this is that. That's not long recently as well. They're like, "Oh, you should be doing this." I'm like, I just like just look at them. And like, no, you, you can respond. Just go. Should I? <laughs> like throw it back to them. Yeah. Should I do that? No. Because 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 then they might question their initial question. It's like, oh, have I just made an assumption or butted into something that I don't know the full picture of? It's like, I used to get a little bit annoyed about this kind of stuff, but now I'm just like, whatever, it is what it is. It's never going to change. <laughs> you do get people that jump ship. You, It's like... Oh, yeah, of course. But then they realise the grass is not always greener the other side. Not always. Uh, so, so, some people prefer to do things a certain way, mm. even if it's probably not, probably not what they need. Like this, this is how to get better. But but they, they might not want to hear that. They only want to hear what they want to hear, and it, they still might get better, but maybe not as much. Or you know, I mean, obviously every coach is so different, aren't they? Have um, they just do their job so differently? Not like a set one way to do it. And some people like certain ways and don't like certain. It's really normal. And people like you, like you said to me, when we first started working together, it wasn't going to be a fast process. I wasn't going to PB in within a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. It took me a while because we had to basically build up new foundations for me and how what my old ways of thinking, what I should be doing. Mm. And then, and I believe that you work if you want to work with a coach, it is going to be a long game. It's going to be you have to completely trust that person and knowing that you will get there it might not be straight away there has been times when i'm like oh i don't feel like i'm doing anything you're like we'll get there and i actually believed and then look at me now so yeah we can talk a bit into the oh sorry just in case it cuts out yeah so basically it's just yeah you always it isn't always going to be a short fix it's going to be a long long process so yeah it's uh we're in an endurance sport and there are no quick wins. And the ones that do get the quick wins often get injured very quickly because they're overloading. Or mm-hmm. um, it can take years to get to reach that level where you're somewhere near your potential. Um, and it's bad coaching, in my opinion, to try to get new clients, get new business by selling them a lie, by going, I'm going to make you quicker in a year. You're going to get this PB, that PB, that PB. Come to me, give me your money. I want, oh, no, I need to go to this business. No, that's, that doesn't work because you're, you're not going to, you can't do that because that's not going to happen. You know, it might be some weird, like some cases that it might do. I'm not saying 100%, but I, I prefer to just be honest and say, look, to get better at this kind of sport takes a long time. And you, know, you, you can still get better straight away, but to get anywhere near your potential will be a long time because in endurance sports, you just carry on improving for so long if you do the right things. It's like you see professional athletes in their 40s still. You know, how far away is that? It's, that's a long time. There's... And, and and they're better now at that age than they were at say twenty, because a lot of like the the more they do it, the more years they do it of good structured training, listening to their bodies, doing everything the right way, 
this is it, it all compounds year after year after year and they become better but it's not like other sports where it's more explosive printed like after you start past a certain age you kind of naturally decline a little bit because of the nature of the sports but but no it's kind of like i uh, i'm so honest and a lot of the time that's meant that they've gone to another coach or because they didn't like what i said or something and then other people kind of like like oh yeah you're being honest you're not just trying to say anything you can to get to get my money off me to coach me kind of like kind of like that i think that's the honesty what kind of kept me like going really i think that's what it is i think the best to be honest yeah and have those even if it's difficult conversations they're really important like saying something that people don't want to hear like and, and knowing the battles i can't win like your trainers i can't win that battle so i've just <laughs> given up because there's no and whatever we'll just live with it you know just live with me yeah <laughs> meg has a different pair of trainers for every hour of the day um which which <laughs> we know why we'll move on <laughs> we move on now <laughs> because uh meg has no, anyway meg loves her trainers meg loves, loves her, her trainers shoes. and you were you were sent them for free weren't you you you, you got oh, a lot yeah. of free stuff i got yeah a lot of free stuff um i was part yeah I can't really say too much, but I was part, you were part of, the, of a team. I was part of a team, but it's finishing the end of this year. So, which to me is a good thing. In, yeah, well, in many ways, we had this discussion already. In, I think for me, it was my time to go. I've had um, four wonderful years, and it's, I needed to focus on more me again. So, well, it kind of it was undoing the, the mental work that we've been doing, yes. which is kind of like the opposite of what a team should be doing like that. It, it was more a commercial-based team, wasn't it? To try and promote products to make, get the business to make more money. That's mm. what it was. It wasn't to help the athlete develop. If anything, being in, being in that environment and having to do all the posting and stuff actually hindered that process. That, would you agree with that? Or Yes, I think, like I've been really lucky. I think this year was more, I couldn't keep on top. Um, I couldn't really be me, and like I said, I had a, I was really I appreciate what happened, but like I appreciate I was being there, but it's I found it was just it, I'm not a full time influencer basically. I work for a living, and I just didn't have time. So, and social media's uh, use my French, but it's a pretty fucked up place. Mm. It's it's quite toxic. It it teaches bad habits. It's it's like a popularity contest. It's like being back in school, and in many ways, when you're when you're involved in that in what you were involved in, it's kind of rather than using social media as a tool for a purpose. So for me, it would be to promote the coaches, promote your successes, to reach a wider audience, to get more people in. So it's a tool. It's like a, it's a marketing tool for me, but. When that when social media starts controlling you and how you're thinking and and all of that, and it is kind of all consuming, it can be it can leave quite a negative impact mentally. I reckon. Did you did you feel that or? Well, 
Yeah, I did in many ways. Um, I had a lot of um, not. I had a lot of people were messaging me about me being an imposter and an imposter body shaming me as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, I so, about that. um, it's a lot of things as well. So I think it was just my time to to. I've like I said, I've had four years. I'm really lucky, but I think it was just time for me to. It's it's the next progression yeah. in your in the mental journey, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So so this is the next thing that's going to help the journey we're already on mm. and turning you into a. I keep saying like, and what what, what is it? What do I say to you? But when I want you to go to a race, I want you to turn into a bitch, basically bitch mode. Bitch <laughs> you would say bitch mode. I want you to be in like an angry motherfucking basically bitch yes, and not care about anyone who's there or anything. If anyone tries to talk to ask you a question, be like, I talk to you afterwards. You know what I mean? I even like even spoke to Ryan, your partner, about this and he was he support he was supporting oh, yeah. which was quite we're on the same you know, got him on the same page and it was quite good and because then that mindset you're in is so important. And and people see you and go, Oh, I'll go and talk to Megan. No, they'll just put you out of that mindset because they'll be talking all sorts of crap. They'll be talking about numbers and comparing and stuff mm. and like you don't want that when you're at a race. Just leave me alone. Go away. I think one of the races I went and they were like, oh, you're a little bit antisocial, aren't you? Before, <laughs> I think it was before Alton Towers. And um, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I just need to focus on, on, on what I'm going to be doing. It's like, but, I've been training hard for this. I need to go in my own little bubble. I, I do. I go really quiet or I... Literally, I hide behind Ryan. Bless him. People will come up to talk to Ryan, and I tend to like hide behind him, going, "Don't, just don't, yeah." But or I go off and just do my little warm up or something. So yeah. Again, that's the difference between performance, trying to get performance, and then just turning up to do a race for you know just because you enjoy it or for fun, which both are fine. But if you want performance, you have to approach it a different way. And and people don't really they don't see that, do they? They don't like you, you've got to stay. You're it's like when you watch. I know we're talking about like professional sport on the telly. They don't talk to anyone. They're silent. They've got headphones on. They fuck off. They do their own warm ups. They do their own stuff. Turn up. They're ready. They go. So and, and no one questions that, do they? No. But if you're a say if you're at a a race where you want to do well at where you know there's the standard standard of that standard of that race is quite high and you want to have a real test and just push it do the same thing that the best do you know you can't think oh but i'm not the best so why do you No, you will get better by doing what by doing that approach by literally yeah have some massive headphones on have a a, a sweatband across your head that says fuck off Go and do your warm up. Mm. Have your angry bitch face on, and then chuck it all to Ryan at the last minute. <laughs> you, you're, Bless you, him. You're <laughs> and then just, and then you do not get out of that mindset. You are laser focused. You are ready to go hundred percent. Do the best your body can do, and then when you cross that finish line and you've done it, then you can go. Oh hi, how are you? How's yeah. your day? Oh, oh, what, what? This last week, last week. What are you doing next week? Then you can do that. It's absolutely fine. 
Yeah, I'm fairly sociable after a race. I'll happily chat to everyone and anyone. Yes. I'm usually bounce up and down in front of people going, oh, hello, you're right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, what is this going on here? But then... She's bipolar. <laughs> So but yeah, I always get a bit nervous. Like it is the fact I get nervous before race, and I do tend to go in myself, and that's and that's mm. natural. To, I want to be like that. I just want to have a few moments before. So what was so, so, so mentally? What things are you doing that are helping that and helping your approach, not just to racing but to the sport? So, um, so how how are we working on it now? What things are we doing to aid in that process? Um, I don't just run anymore. <laughs> I do a lot of swimming. You got me um, into my swimming again and do a lot of turbo training. So, yes. <laughs> so, so how does that help you? I think it's just nice. I find cross training has helped me massively. Um I don't run as many miles as I used to. And I find with the swimming, I'm using different... Muscle groups. Muscle groups. And with the turbo training, it's... I don't know why, I like switching off when I do turbo training. It's like, just do my little bubble and listen to rubbish and just say, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so how do you think that is... Does that help mentally then, doing the different It has things? helped mentally. I find... Like, I know I can't just run every day. Like, I remember when mm. you got me to run in, like, four times a week, I had a meltdown. I remember writing yeah. a meltdown at you. Well, but well every day you weren't running, you just you just text me, I hate rest days. I do hate rest days, <laughs> and I still hate rest days. But now, we, uh, now we're incorporating a little bit more swimming this year and a bit more of the turbo training, and I realised, I think we did more turbo training when we went into lockdown because I struggled with lockdown. Yeah. Um, I went from being highly active from a highly active job to doing fuck all. I think that I really struggled and you understood that and you were really understanding. So you're like, oh, I'm going to get you doing turbo training. And I was like, oh, okay then. Because I said I won't like cycling outside because I don't like being on the road on the bike. Mm -hmm. so, um, so you got me to, and then we stuck with it. And I realized then I was like, oh, I can actually be, I found it boring at first. I'm a bummer. But then after a while, I actually quite enjoyed the sessions you were setting me and it was different. I felt I was getting stronger and I used to do a lot of gym work. I used to be doing like the weightlifting as well and stuff. And I actually don't do any of that anymore. And because I find with the bike, with the cycling and the swimming, I'm, that's the strength I need. And I found it's nice not feeling dead and knackered. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, that's a point we can talk about at another, another point. But yeah, for in, when we train for triathlon, we the strength work we do is built into the swim, the swimming, the cycling, and the running. We we do not do extra gym only strength sessions. So we haven't got the time for it, mm. and there's actually nothing to say it's going to make us any more competent or faster at the three disciplines. So we build the strength. It's we do a lot of strength, but it's built into the swim, bike, and the run. So it's um, often people kind of don't really see it the right way. They just go, oh, they do no strength night in the gym. Yeah, we probably do more than you, mate. Mm. Like sometimes the whole swim is strength work because we've got those massive pads on. Oh, yeah, those pads. And, and the turbo <laughs> session, we're in the highest gear. On the run, well, we, we, we use the treadmill session with the Yan Rahula session. Yan Rahula Hula. 
Um, and, and, and when we use hills, that's adding strength in it. Yes. So, so obviously now, if you're training that way, then then you can train every day. If mm. you're just a runner, you need you can't run every day. You, and on the other days, you can do different things, but you can't run every day. Yes, some people do if they, if they're like a workhorse. I'm not going to get injured, but now you can safely do mm. something every day. And it all came, well, you said recently that you, I've tried not to kind of, I, I want you to do what you want to do, right? So, um, but you've said recently, you said a couple of times, I want to do a triathlon. And I've kind of said, do you really? Have a think about it. Go bugger off. And then, and, and in my head, I'm like, if she comes back next week and says the same thing, then we'll talk about it. But a lot of the time, then I don't hear about it. I don't hear you say it again for like a month or two. <laughs> and then you might go, oh, I want to do triathlon. I says, okay, I'll well, have a think about it. And then again, I won't hear from you again for another two. So it's like been on the, been on the tip of your mind and you know, fizzled out a little bit. Mm. But recently you've said, oh, actually, yeah, I want to do, uh, I want to work up to do a triathlon next year. And Ryan's supporting me. Um, and, and now I've thought about it and I really want to do it. So, so now... I'm training you as a triathlete, mm. not as a runner. So do you prefer that? It's taken me a while to get, I still think getting used to the fact I'm running less. Oh yeah, I'm struggling with the running less bit, but I know I will adjust. I've adjusted now, like with all the running when you, when we first started, I think you realize um, that I'm adapting and especially as I've been recently diagnosed with ADHD it explains a hell of a lot why I drop about changing routines but I'm, I'm adjusting okay and as well I realize I am not losing my speed um I think I was one thing I always said to you I was worried about I was going to be losing my running speed and you were like actually I reckon you'll do better and and we started incorporating the swimming more and I actually really enjoying it and I've um it's it's different training and I and that's what I need I, I think for me like a lot of people have asked me recently oh why don't you do another marathon next year and I turn around to you after Manchester I had COVID two weeks before I turn around I was like I do not want to do another marathon just yet never say never I want to do another one I want to do better my time I've burned but I was like you know what I don't want to just keep doing that whole hamster reeling let's go and try and do another one do another one and I just like you know what I want a challenge and that's when I said to we talked about it and I said I just don't want to do just a small I want to do a triathlon mm. I do want a challenge and I can do all three disciplines so I was like why not so yeah again it was like because you actually had some of the marathons booked and I was like nah I don't think I don't think we should do them and you didn't you didn't fancy doing one of them you had a few marathons this year, but that you didn't do. I sold my spot for Snowdon. I was meant to do Snowdonia Marathon. Um, and I turned around to you and you knew about it. I did say, look, it was from 2020 when it got cancelled. Yeah. I have got another one. And um, when I did Manchester, we were meant to do Stratford and I dropped down to the half. I turned around going, I don't want to just get around and just get in the shit time again. And you're like, you respected my decision on that. I thought you was going to be angry. And you're like, actually... <laughs> I respect you more for doing that because it took balls to do it. I was like, you know what? I, I dropped down. I hope you don't mind. You know, like, no, that's fine. That, that I actually didn't want you doing it. And, um, and then I said, oh, I've got snow done. I don't know. I was ifing and erring for a month. And then I turned around to you going, I'm not going to do it. And you were like, 
fine what do you want to do I was like and then I think it was your decision actually and I just went we were like well I'm going to knock you down we were going to do 5k's and that's how we ended yeah. up getting we knew I need to recover from having long covid um and because I got asthma now from it I think you decided or not you decided you were like right could you trust me and I went yes right I want you to do Chapman 5k let's start from the beginning I remember um, that I remember that conversation at the track. Yeah. We're um, actually asking you that question. Yeah. You, do you trust me? We're going to start off. And that's what we did. Yeah. And now I've done. I was like, right, now is the time to get angry bitch mode. Mm. Um, and you did really well and you've done really well since then. By it's getting, I think your, your mindset, your current view of the marathon isn't where, isn't what we need it to be to do well at it. And I think we need to shelve it for few years mm. you could you could do marathon pbs in your 40s i mean it's not a problem um but so i think this change is quite refreshing mm. and you could do really good at this you could be really good at this um so yeah it's nice to well we're working to that race in what is it, june next year yeah and we'll do some shorter events before it so we'll, we'll do a sprint and a standard distance try and then so our team event is we're going to do the 113 Cotswold middle distance triathlon in June. So I think there's about six or seven of us have confirmed so far. At the minute, I need to um, build my own bike out of pieces of wood. But but <laughs> I've entered myself. <laughs> I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But um, And you're like, <clears throat> and you actually said, yeah, I'll, I, want, I actually want to do that. And Ryan thinks so. Ryan was supportive as well. Yeah, Ryan doesn't do tries. He can't swim, but he said oh, he'll be there supporting me all the way. Well, you can help. You can help us out, can't he? And yeah, like, he could be the the man bag, the handbag, the man, man. bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look at that's funny. Um, yeah, so that and, and and you could I don't again and I and you I don't think you'll get any slower. If anything, you can still get quicker as a runner, but bike training as a triathlete it's a weird thought one that you probably wouldn't have believed initially no. when we first met you'd be like no shut up ali <laughs> but it's quite it, it it's quite i think it's quite exciting um and and the change will do you good i think but what do i know I'm, I'm, i might be completely wrong i might just be an absolute pelican but uh but yeah by Focusing on those shorter races, that was the the start of it. And the shifting out of, oh, another marathon. Oh, I don't mm. want to do it. Oh, I don't want to just can't be bothered. It's like, right, we need, we need a change. You know? Obviously, like, with your health as well, marathons are like a long, a long way to run. The training can be a bit much. It's, and the amount of running as well compared to training for a triathlon, even like an Ironman triathlon, don't run as much as you would if you're training for a marathon. It's kind of like, um, I've got, uh, so Julian's doing an Iron, a full Ironman in Australia on some. God. And uh, probably already happened by the time this goes out. <laughs> but, and, 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 he, and he was saying for ages, like, I'm doing hardly any, I feel like I'm hardly doing any running compared to what I was doing, what I'm used to like mate we'll be fine just crack on be okay and like and we'll see we'll see how he does 
but it's been all right in the races he's done leading up to it his runs have been absolutely bang on it, it, again it's like you can think you have this weird idea in your head of how much running you think you need to be doing it's like well it's kind of like it's kind of like why you would get a coach isn't it because the coach no should know how to coach you and kind of you kind of have to just sometimes just trust them and go okay let's just do that and see <laughs> but yeah so i guess we'll just do that and then you give me such a weird look now <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we'll do that we'll do that and then i'll just when you've crossed the finish line Give you five minutes, and I'll just look at your face, and then I'll know if we if if we're gonna change it again, or if we're on a good road. <laughs> well, we have to wait and see, won't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's either ecstatic or it's fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about endo because um, that's a factor in your uh, training. Many factors, yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and one thing I will just say is like being from starting the coaching business up and doing it full time, um, I never thought that I would learn so much about the female specific health. I would kind of like, um, yeah, I know a lot about endo now and a lot about other female issues. And and they're really important and you need to be able to understand it and and then know how to change the training and listen and i guess a lot of men maybe i wouldn't be that comfortable with this or kind of know what to do and be like oh i can't talk to a woman about their woman issues i need to go like you know the typical man mindset of you know (laughs) run away So, so how um, has that affected your your running and your decisions in in like doing a marathon or not doing a marathon and changing it to a marathon? So, how does it impact? Well, first things first, endo it fucking sucks. Um, yeah, it sucks. Um, when when I really like like I've been I have been diagnosed with endo since sixteen and. I have stage four, so it's not the easiest to deal with. So, so very briefly, what is it? Because some people might not know. What the hell are they talking about? Um, Endrometus, I can't pronounce it fully. Um, It's where your blood lining is somewhere else in the body. It should be in the womb. It could be around, not just in the womb, it could be elsewhere. It grows on your organs and then it it will cause a lot of pain, internal bleeding and all it's can cause obviously bad periods, irregular periods, heavy causing bleeding. Um, IBS is one of them. Irritable bowel syndrome, just in case if no one knows what IBS means. It can cause you chronic fatigue and anemia and just pain and just constant bloating. So I have stage four, which is very severe. So um, which is constant with me. It is was has been. I had an operation last year, which failed unfortunately. Mine at the moment is currently outside of my room. It's all over both my ovaries. It's on my stomach, in my bowel, outside my bowel, in my bladder, 
around my bladder and in my um and other parts of muscles as well so when I have flare-ups it really knocks me for six um it can cause me to be really sick um it can come on all of a sudden or it can get caused by different food groups as I discovered later on down the line and it can cause I can have not have periods or can have periods or I bleed really heavy I think there's a time where I was swimming with you and I suddenly come on and I had to leg it I remember that um and you were like oh what's up and then I was like um and it isn't just like oh I've just come on it's literally literally I just I just bleed through and I just like I I literally didn't say goodbye I just let you know later on I was like and then but no it's one of those ones I had to adjust my training around it a lot of people you can get start people don't talk about it it's a bit of a taboo subject about periods and stuff well, let's talk about it then let's talk about it and um but it can cause like it can cause a, with me I can be off it can cause me to be off work if I have a bad flare-up and um and it can cause me to miss training sessions or if but you don't miss that many and you deal with it really well. Since, obviously, um, for a few days before Christmas last year, and I remember telling you this, I've, they told me the operation failed. Um, because I've had my operation, my third one, and it, it, was, just, um, it was just a bit of a blow because um, that's when they diagnosed, diagnosed me with syphilitic ovaries as well, so I'll get cysts as well. They had to remove a lot of cysts. And um, there is another one, but I can't pronounce it, sorry, um, which is why I can't have kids. But they said to me, it failed. You can either have another operation. We can't give you, the only thing we can't give you is a hysterectomy, which I've been pushing for because of my age. <laughs> and I was like, fine, what can I do? And they said, you might have to go gluten and dairy free. And it was a massive blow, really. I was like... I was a bit like, I like my cake, you know. <laughs> I liked eating anything gluten, so. You can still make cake, though. No, it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, but I was, at the time, I thought it was the end of the world. But since changing my diet, because last year I kept missing a few sessions and stuff like that, because I, oh, I was suffering again, all my IBS is set off. Because the endos caused me a lot of damage in my bowel, basically. And they said, you need to change your diet and your stomach. Is going to help, help help your stomach as well. I say, like, oh, it's not going to work. It, I proved myself wrong. <laughs> um, proved myself right. Sorry. No, I don't. You proved yourself wrong. Yeah, that was right. Proved myself yeah, yeah. wrong. By changing my diet, I thought, is not going to help. But it has helped. And I found I've been really lucky this year to be able to train still. Mm. Even when I do have my flares, because I say to you, like, been a bit, Struggled, but I had to just, just either. Even if you just go easy for that session, or yeah. I mean, I mean, you haven't like. I don't feel like you've missed like more than a day's training because of it. You've just you might have just changed, knocked it down too easy, which is still perfect. Yeah, it's not a problem whatsoever. I think there's been days when I said to you like, I really struggle. I've really, really suffered from my tummy today. I don't think I can run. And you'd like, right, just go on the bike. Just go on the bike. Just do an easy session on the yeah. bike. And that way. I think for my mind, it kept me, oh, I've done something, but it wasn't straining my body out. And I think it was, that was a massive factor for why I was struggling with my running, running races as well. 
because of my IBS kept getting set off and then um and it was then then it flares me endo off so before a race I've had races where I turn up I've done really good training and then um I had to scrap it completely and then I've gone to you going I oh, just something's wrong so is it so, so what can you what do you do now to best prepare then for races um basically we found I'm a bit of a stickler for routine as we Ryan discovers so we found a lot of gluten-free dairy-free I used to love pasta bakes and stuff like that when I was eating normal gluten stuff we actually found gluten-free dairy-free pasta bakes I can have so I make sure a couple of days I eat that or lasagna and stuff just I still able you can still eat a lot of stuff it's just has to be a, a friendly version for me a fr- friendly version and it's why I, I have um I don't take a lot of I take natural painkillers so I take tuneric but these natural tablets and these other tablets magnesium which helps with bloating and stuff and I drink a bit like this ginger lemon and ginger tea is quite good to help with inflammation yeah we make our own don't we yes yes I discovered that when I had that cold I don't think Phoebe appreciated the smell of the house after a while but we got there it's, it's, it's lovely my coach Susie hates it but I absolutely love it oh my especially when I made it and it was like purated and I still drank it and I was so I was like this is good and mine's like and you were like use two litres of water I think I even used to cut yeah, yeah. You, you, you put all the ingredients in like the big but only half the amount of water so it was so strong vampires wouldn't have loved me that day but yeah. no basically it's a, it's a tea that's got lemon ginger and garlic in it you boil it all up and then you sieve it all out and there's your tea but yeah, I made a very pureated version of it. So yeah, I still drank it. So so you use what you eat in your fuel to like aid aid going into those races, so you don't have trying like not to have like an IBS flare up and then everything just goes to pun intended to shit. Yeah, so I have gluten free porridge. If I, we find stuff like I can have, like it's you know when you go to like an Airbnb or like a hotel, I have these little dairy free, gluten free porridge pots. So I know I had to take them with me, and we got I got like a dairy free chocolate spread because can't just have plain porridge. I'm afraid it's a bit boring. So I put that on, so I know. And then we have might have to take my own milk, but we always try and adjust it so we know I I've got food take my own snacks after because some races don't always not nothing against the races i know the run through events are actually really good i find they they actually cater for dodgy people like me so <laughs> i don't have to worry about but we take make sure so i got fuel after my race fuel i don't really take gels that often only for the longer races i only have specific gels that i know i can are okay for me because mm-hmm. oh, well, i like you're trying this stuff for me gel yeah we really have to see if it'll work for you because i've only just noticed it was gel mix yeah because there's some bits i can't have i noticed some gels i because obviously having to do a lot of reading and looking at it be, like yeah. the gels i'm with now i've always have been for the last few work years because i know i can if, it, if you know it works them. and it works then don't change it yes exactly because we all discovered that i tried a, a different gel it was a long time ago i tried a new gel at a race and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Like... <laughs> I can imagine. So, so day to day, it seems like you've got a pretty good hold on it. Mm. 
and it's not really affecting the training, which is quite impressive because other people struggle with it and, and haven't got to that point yet or, or they don't know how to um they don't know how to deal with it and they haven't got those measures in place like knowing right if that happens i know what i need to eat i know i can't touch this and this is my routine when i'm going to a race and i know if i get a flare-up i can either have a rest day or sit on the bike and turn my legs for a bit like it seems like you've got a good hang of it what was it how much difficult was it in the earlier days and how did you how did you find those solutions because i guess some people who might be listening like are still at that initial stage i think many ways i think when i got diagnosed at 16 when i had flare-ups or when it was really bad i would stop and just like I know it can be sore, I know it's painful and I want to curl up with a hot water bottle. There is days where I just want to curl up with a hot water bottle and I will. I try and, like when my really bad flares before my, my last stop, like I try and at least go out for a walk. They did say when I went for my pre-op and it's, uh, the lady went to me saying, oh, for considering you have got endo, they were surprised how active I was. And I, I was like, no, because it's best to keep active. I know it's, it is hard, like when you're in a lot of pain and stuff like that, it's, you have to keep active because it's just, I found it helped me. And I try not let it stop me. So, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's best to keep active. Even when I'm, even my sore days, I just try and keep going. But, yeah. So when everything's like trying to tell you to, go back to bed with a hot water bottle you're like no i still need to do just something even if it's something like a walk or yeah. anything just move basically when it when i do have my some flare-ups i do end up being poorly i will stop because i have done it where i kept pushing 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 and i ended up being really really ill yeah and i kind of i think because it's been well a lot well i'm 33 now i've dealt with this con- this condition since i was young and i've had many operations which has helped hasn't helped last one failed i think for me even just getting out and just walking and just being active this has helped me um and i obviously i try not to take painkillers as much but i try and have natural natural remedies to make sure like so like my lemon and ginger tea turmeric tablets i eat like a lot of stuff that's got natural information stuff to help with all the bloating and stuff as long i have that i should be should be okay yeah that's that sounds pretty good it's quite impressive you've yeah, been able to do that don't get me wrong there's some days like i do feel like oh, like oh i can't believe you're stage four you and now i was like yeah but i feel like an imposter sometimes because i am running around like like a mental well, lunatic but most people don't exercise and you know or they might just do one half an hour a week or something so for them, having the same stage, having stage four for them might mean disaster. Mm. But you keep active, you're doing the right kind of things. So for you, it's much more, the effects of it are much more reduced. But for, some, for someone else who wasn't in your kind of, in your, as fit as you are, it might, this might be a different story. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah, I think a lot of people just, I think, I just don't want, yeah, a lot of people do you think, just, they, do you think not just with endo, but with many things, like 
maybe just succumb to it mm. and, and 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 don't kind of think okay this is happening and it's shit but i'm sure there is things that i can do to help things in my control that i can do practically help rather than just submit and go fuck this i'm just going to bed and and and, and sometimes that can not always the, the the best decision is it not always it's like no it's not the best decision i find i seize up more i find i'm in pain more and i have a hot water like there's some people that laughed at me because i was swim teaching the woods and i had the hot water bottle strapped to me literally because i was having a flare up but i was like i still gotta go in and i wasn't sick it was just i was sore it just needed just a bit of heat and i'm just it's best to keep active I guess it's a balance, isn't it? It's yeah. a fine balance of, of when to carry on doing stuff, but just taking a hot water bottle in with you or or even to decide to go on an easy run and then to know when actually I shouldn't be doing anything right now. I need to just rest. I guess it's just always like, as long as you don't get it massively wrong and it's you're kind of the balance is there, I, I reckon it's... It's as well as out there. There's not a lot of rich research. It's only recently there's more research about it. The more a lot of people have suffered with it, and they all yeah. that we got told. Like my first doctor said to me, my first endo doctor, "Oh, just lie in bed, just chill." You know what? <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't want to just lie in bed and chill. <laughs> you know, I I just want to be out and about. And I find like when I was more active. Not more active, I'd like, I know my limits now, but I find if I'm just walking around a little bit, just going down the shop or something, or doing it just generally, just making sure I'm not overexerting myself, just as long as I'm doing something, it, yeah, it's still painful, but it eases a bit. Yeah. And it is healthy for your body to keep moving, even if it's like a gentle yoga stretch, just lying in a nice child's pose for a little bit, it, it eases the pain. It's just, you best to, a lot of, more out there now going, just lying there, just, yeah, just doing nothing. It's not always going to help. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, yeah, you said there's not much research on it. Sadly, it's very wrong. But if, if this was a male problem, there would be a shit ton of mm. research on it. But because it's a female problem, oh, there's no research on it. No. One of the, prob- one of the issues of... It's just the fact, like, with work as well, um, it's only recent, last two years, I've been open about my condition at work um, because I used to be really embarrassed to talk about it. And they're like, oh, so now I'm more open about it and they understand more now. And it's, you just need to talk about it. Yeah. And often educate. People don't realise what it actually and what impact it has. So yeah, they might know. Oh, you've got indo, but oh, but can you still come into work? Or can you still do mm. this? Still do that? It's like, did you not? No, I, 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 this is what I need to do. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people realise that. Some I know some of my friends at work is like, oh, I know so and so's got that, so they understand, which is <clears throat> nice to have. And it's yeah, like a lot of like I said, a lot of coaches out there. Going back to my my lovely old coach. He just like, it's just a bad period. Just get over yourself. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's, it needs to be more open, more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But you're on the right track. You're doing the right things. 
And I guess the well, next thing we'll talk about is something that I started with. So when I, so just, was it just before COVID or during COVID, I was lying in a bad way. I just went, I went to my GP and was like, I've always been, had issues with depression. I was like, I feel a bit rubbish. And I was like, sometimes I run down the dual carriageway here and I was like, I wonder what it would like if I just stepped onto it. And I'm like, that's quite, that's not really right. So I got in, I went to my GP. He like, I've had the same one for a long time and he's brilliant. We go in there, we're swearing at each other, <laughs> not at each other, but just in conversation. And he's just a, we talk, we, we talk like we're normal people, not like a, I'm GP, you are, you are person, take this, go away. It's like, all right, let's get to it. What's, what's the problem? What's the issue? Whatever. And it's like, right. If you go and get a therapist and talk to one. And he said, like, if you go on the NHS, you'll be waiting for a, forever and whatever, whatever. So I had to go and find one, found a therapist. And I was like, right, let's go and do it. And yeah, it was like, I think this is a huge step to kind of Im- carry on improving and developing emotionally uh, as a person and mentally as a person like to have therapy and it's there's this taboo or this kind of like oh it's something you must be you must be mental or something why are you in the whatever it's well not really because therapists to do their job have to have a therapist they have therapy (laughs) doctors have therapists my friend who I also coach, Ned, in, he lives in Dublin. He's studying to be a psychotherapist. Or I don't know what the word is. It's something to do with therapy. And he has to have therapy as part of his course. Because that's how, the, the more, you have to be going through that process to be improving yourself in order to then be in a position to, you know, give the help you're giving to somebody. And the other thing I want to say is, a lot of people look at therapy as if someone so someone must have therapy if they've got a problem. No. <laughs> the problem therapy doesn't become doesn't shouldn't come because of a problem. Therapy is healthy to have anyway, even if you've got no real issues. Therapy is a really good way to have a safe space to talk about what's going on in your head. Whatever it is, totally non-judgmental, and you can talk through it. You can unpick things. You can learn about yourself more. You can then be, become a better person as a result of it. So that's one thing. There's this stigma attached to it that therapy is for crazy people, but it's not. The therapy helped me a lot. Like, like I don't think I cried. Like, <laughs> I cried a lot. <laughs> but in order for me to do my job, I need to be improving myself who am i as a coach to be telling you lot what to do and how to think not telling but you know coaching you through um and all these personal things if i'm not working on myself and improving myself there's a very big naivety to it and like brings a tear to my even like talking about kind of a deep subject but it's important and if you're not developing yourself and then 
you can't I, if it, I see it as like I can't be seen to be in this position of trust and as a position of coach if I'm neglecting my own self so I'm like right I know what that process is now I've done it um I know the value of it even if there was nothing wrong with me if I could have if like if money wasn't an issue I'd, be, I'd have one every week mm-hmm. just to be able to cry no <laughs> just like <laughs> It's like the man of Fight Club when he's crying into that man's oh, chest God. and um, a release. Um, just to be able to have be because you can't talk to friends honestly without getting some kind of weird response back, biased response, or being told what to do about something or being judged in a certain way. Because you have to, it's, it just doesn't work, <laughs> and and it's very it can be very frustrating. But when you've got a therapist, you don't get any of that. They just cut. It's like okay. I think they they only have to tell the police if there's something that you tell them that is going to danger somebody. Like I feel like I want to kill somebody. Like or whatever. Then you know it's safeguarding or you know. But um. So so from that, like I I, I then so for me, there's no stigma anymore. Therapy is a normal; it should be a normal everyday thing, and it's very healthy. And I'd recommend it for anyone to have to kind of improve as a person. And even because a lot of people have had the barriers up and not really sure. So, like as part of our journey already, um, I mentioned it to you, and I thought, well, it might help you. Like, you know, being able to go to a race and not see and not crumble a little bit because all these people are here that you didn't really want to see and you've got to go and perform and now you don't want to do it um and obviously more personal issues you don't have to talk um but so well i think i mentioned it to you like a couple of years ago well, i was just i think that might help and you were like really scared of it <laughs> i had therapy before um yes you so i had therapy before as part of my eating disorder journey so I've had, obviously, I have, have had help before um, when I was in a unit and stuff like that. And it it didn't work. And I think because I was a stubborn cow at the time and I was still in a bad place. So when I came out of it, I was like, oh, I'm fine, fine, fine. So when you mentioned it again, and I did reach out for this one specific place and I did refer myself, I never heard anything back. And it kind of put a, for me, it was like, that's it now. Now, like I said about the whole coaching before, that that's it. It's never going to work for me. Blah, blah, blah. So when you mentioned it and you said, oh, you can self-refer yourself. And I went, I remember going to Ryan. I was like, I think I'm going to try it again. And he goes, you know, I'm, yeah, because I'm on antidepressant pills. And I've, I've always had issues with my mental health anyway. I was like, oh, I will do it again. So in 2021, I finally referred myself and got the finally after a year when they obviously with COVID because that didn't help. So COVID put a lot of things in hold, didn't it? So when they finally heard from them, they referred me to this place, and it and then I had to wait again. But that was fine because I knew I wasn't on the way. I was on the waiting list. So I'm now in my fifth week of therapy, um, and it it has it has been a hard journey because I noticed the last few years I was been going downhill um yeah I was using running as a way of getting myself back out of it all and but then when I started it I was really scared but I'm glad I've started it now so 
yeah, and hopefully I'll get back to the old me who I used to be. <laughs> or well, better me. Well, not you don't want to be the old you. You want no. to be a brand, you want to keep develop past that. You're a, you. you're a you you've never been before. <laughs> yeah, so I've started it again because yeah, there's been a few few times this year and I've obviously a few things happened last year. I know I just needed that extra bit of help, so. So what are you valuing uh, uh, from that process of having therapy? Um basically we were having this chat earlier. Uh, more like standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. Stop being a doormat is probably one. And stop portraying a fake, not a fake version, because I, I don't feel like I'm fake, but I portray a person who hasn't any issues, I'm happy all the time, behind a fake smile, I think what it is. And really just be honest. And um, mm-hmm. honest with myself. Um, I need to put me first, and it, even though it sounds sounds selfish, and I know it's not, it's not. I just need to put how I feel forward because I've always took a step back for others, and and for, for many other people, and I find you know what this is, I'm starting to think, and my my therapist is saying you 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 are a lovely person. You just think of other people first. And I've always have done. I, as you know, I worked for National Trust before I quit that and just did coaching on its own. And uh, I went to a, there was a, uh, a national training day for every, all of me and my colleagues all around the country. And, and, and we, had, we had a trainer there. Who I, I used to like, we had really, really good trainers. They were really good. And we had a presentation. And it was, for example, like Death by PowerPoint. Forget that. We were throwing dress balls across the room to each other. That's how good it was. <laughs> and um, one of the quotes that came from this charity, National Trust, you, um, it said on the screen, you can't help anyone if you're dead. And we were like, that's gold. I didn't expect it from a, from a nice heritage charity. Mm. But I, you know, so it was kind of like, first it was like, oh, Yes, love it. That is exactly so. I say that a lot. That so you've got to make sure you're all right first, mm. and because you, yes, there are other people who might be in dire positions or can't do kind of that, but you are not worth anything to them if you're not sorted yourself. So you've kind of you've kind of gotta put the blinkers on a bit. Yes, I can see that blowing up over there, but I need to get myself sorted first before I even look at it. Yeah. And that's hard when you're not used to that, isn't it? Um, I can relate to that a bit as well. Um, so I, I have to be more selfish, but myself first as well. So it's kind of like I'm having to, is it the same for you where um, you're having to embrace being selfish and be like, so for me, feeling really, really selfish, in reality, I'm not really being selfish. But I just feel it because I'm not mm. used to it. Is that the same for you? Yeah. I think I've been so used to, basically, as I call it, being the yes person. So when I say no, it was like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And they look at you like, I said, what? I'm like, I just feel like a bad person for not helping them out. And like, and Ryan's always like, you're not a bad person. You need to say no, because otherwise, if you keep saying yes, and 
I'll just end up being poorly again because mm. I've run myself ragged again for so um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's cool. That's uh <laughs> Meg is now hiding behind the mic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's my friend. <laughs> but no, it's really good. It's really important. Mm. Like this is helping regardless of this being recorded, this is helping us. Mm. Like as a coach athlete and individuals. And then all, all of us and then there's a camera over there and mics where people can hopefully find some value in this as well. Um and which I hope I think they will. I, I'm pr I'm pretty sure I think this has been really good. And uh yeah, is there anything else you wanna talk about? <laughs> I'm not too sure. Cause, cause we, I think we can wrap it with in an hour and an hour and a half already. Really? Yeah. Blimey. So what what I will say is if you did like this, if you're still here, probably about one person maybe is. Probably. One person. That one person, um, to help support this, what we're doing, what I'm trying to do with this podcast, please, if you wouldn't mind, like it on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment because it helps the algorithm, it pushes it. And if you're listening on Spotify, uh, if you can leave a rating, it's literally two clicks. You click one of the stars and then you just write something or don't and click submit. It'll help a lot because the idea of this is we want to reach a wider audience, um, people that don't know that we exist, to try and kind of get, you know, just reach more people online and um, share what we're doing, how we're doing it. Um, yeah, that's the kind of aim really. So thank you for listening, and uh, maybe a couple of weeks we'll do it. We'll do the next one. Yeah, cool. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye.